Welcome to Tea with Tosoni, a book club for Orthodox Christians. My name is Laura, and if you want to read along, go to teawithtosoni.com for all the details and a link to get your own copy of the book that we're reading. The latest book is always at the top of the page, and then you'll find an archive to the past books as well. Okay, let's get started. For the next four weeks, we're going to talk about the book Undistracted by Bob Goff. And I love Bob Goff so much. Uh, I love his writing. I love his style. I, lo I love the stories he tells. And I highly recommend him uh, to people looking for a spiritual book to read that's very relatable and down to earth. Now, Undistracted is sort of about the pandemic. <laughs> I know we all hate that word now. Um, of distraction, of uh, phone use, tech use, screen use that we are all um, dealing with. And the fact that we are often so preoccupied with little trivial things that we miss we're missing our lives right we're not interacting with others the way that we should and we're missing out on some very special moments or memories or getting so sucked into our screens that we're not really together so i want to kind of talk about the book and i'm going to go through this is the first week and so i'm going to go through chapter one through five the schedule is on the website twithdosoni.com if you want to see when we'll be releasing the podcast episodes. Okay, so chapter one is called The Destruction of Distraction. Now, if you read the book along with me, I want to give you a tip for how you can keep track of quotes that you really love in the book. Obviously, you underline and you annotate. And make sure you have maybe a system for how you mark quotes you really want to pay attention to. So for me, I put stars by quotes that are I think very key to the overall understanding of the book. And then maybe I'll put a smiley face or a heart next to things that I like. So in that way, I can tell what my top quotes are, you know, when I go back and look and what is sort of nice to read, but not essential. All right. So in this book, I have two quotes from this chapter specifically that I want us to walk away with. Okay. And the first is darkness is rarely content to wound us with one decisive blow when it can injure us equally with a thousand paper cuts. Now, Bob is talking about spiritual warfare here. And one of the things that he does so well is talk about spiritual topics and, um, you know, like dogmatic doctrine type topics, but in a very down to earth kind of way, very, uh, how do you say it? Like subtle, a very subtle way. So here he's talking about spiritual warfare and he's telling us, he's reminding us of the way the devil works, which, you know, we, if you read C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters, he talks about this as well, which is that it's so easy for the devil just to distract us. He doesn't have to, you know, wage a full-on um, full, full assault on our spirits. He can just, you know, like chip away at us very slowly. And in this case, he uses the metaphor of a thousand paper cuts. And so distraction for us is a thousand paper cuts. If... Every day, every moment that we spend on our phones, on our screens is intended by the enemy to distract us. What can we do to overcome that? And that's sort of the whole book, obviously, right? The book is called Undistracted. The whole book is about how are we going to overcome this distraction that we're all trapped in, this addiction that we're all in. And he says, the way to beat distraction is to become captivated by something much bigger and much better, such as purpose and joy. So focusing on something else keeps us from being so distracted. Now, I, I think of this as how we build any habit, right? If we have a bad habit that we want to take away, we don't just erase it from our lives. We replace that habit with something else. We put in its place something 
a good habit, right? That will fulfill our that need, right? That we have, fill that time with something better. And so my key takeaway for chapter one is focus on your purpose so you aren't done in by a thousand paper cuts. Okay, chapter two. Chapter two is called the keyhole of eternity. And this is very, a very orthodox concept. I mean, I think all Christians really think of this, but we have a special relationship with the saints and thinking about the church triumphant and thinking about those, the great cloud of witnesses that have gone before us. And so I think in this chapter, he reminds us that we're supposed to be looking at our life through that keyhole of eternity. We're, we're supposed to be thinking about our afterlife. We're supposed to be thinking about life with Christ in the long run. Uh, and that's supposed to be our goal, right? And so whatever we do has to take us in that direction. Now, here's a quote from chapter two that, you know, you might recognize as kind of a uh, a Bible verse rephrased, which again is a, is a, I would say a Bob Goff special. Decide in advance that you will do whatever it takes to get your heart right and then do it, even if it will kill all previous versions of you. And it's, this is put on the new man, right? And the old man needs to go away, right? We need to toss the old man out. And so even, even deciding to d- reduce our distraction and to put our whole heart into God's purpose for us and the joy that he has gifted us is going to kill previous versions of ourselves. It's going to hurt. There's going to be a death of past habits, past behaviors, um, past relationships, right? So I think that's very important to note that it it's not going to be easy. He's not saying that becoming undistracted is going to be easy. And one of the ways he says to do that is to look inside. If you don't take the time to capture and process your interior world, you will miss the opportunity to discover something bigger and more beautiful in your heart. So the takeaway for me is to pay attention to your inner life, your spiritual life, your thoughts, and to keep track of the growth and lessons that you go through. He says, you know, your life is like a book. And so you want to make sure that you're you're keeping track of everything that you've written it down and that you're journaling. And I'm, I'm a big fan of journaling. I even took two classes in college on journaling, which can you even imagine that they, they offer those classes, but I learned so much and it's really made a difference. And so this idea of interior reflection, right. And processing what's going on with your thoughts as a way to begin to heal your distracted habits. Okay. Chapter three, breaking free by coming home. Now, I thought this was an interesting chapter title, but I think the concept in it is so, um, so so underestimated, or I don't think that's the word I'm looking for, but we don't often talk about this in Orthodox Christianity, and because some of the language of it has been hijacked for other purposes. So one of his quotes is, come home to yourself. It's okay to be exactly who you are. Now, we're not talking about sin here, but we're talking about accepting our weaknesses, our foibles, and our flaws are as exactly that parts of us, right, that are who we are, and that it's okay to accept them and keep moving forward anyway. There is this cute lady on Instagram who, um, she's a mom, I don't know how many kids, did she say six? I don't know. But she has this motto, she says, do it fat. She says, don't wait until you've lost the weight to go do the thing. Just do it the way you are right now, whatever that is. And I think that's kind of where we are here too. It's that what God said to Moses, right? It's okay. You have a stutter. Great way to go. We're still doing this, right? You know, (laughs) you don't get to use it as an excuse. And so 
coming home to yourself is realizing who you are, the problems you have, the issues you have, accepting them, that God will work on them in his time and still serving him, honoring him, glorifying him in everything you do. Uh, one of the quotes Scott, uh, Bob says is, God did not design your life to be a prison, right? God's promise is freedom. It's freedom. And sometimes we, especially in Orthodox Christianity, where we have a lot of rules and rituals and where we're following along, sometimes we misconstrue those as bars of a prison when they're actually meant to be wings to fly on, right? They're intended to, t- to take our soul up higher, right? To float on eagle's wings, right? To um, to get closer to God and to become more holy and to be bolder in our faith. And so the takeaway I took from this chapter was stop hiding and live as yourself. That means recording this podcast and sort of one go, <laughs> trying not to obsess about my mistakes, the way that I pause and so on, little things like that, ways that we need to push through our own insecurities and just get things done, right? For the glory of God. Okay. Chapter four, the happiness of pursuit. So now that we've sort of remembered that we need to be undistracted, we need to push free from distractions. What are we going to be doing? We're going to be pursuing, but pursuing what, right? If our days are no longer filled with trivial things, what will you do with the time ahead of you, right? That's the question he asks. And what he does in this chapter, actually, you know, I think is so different from what I expected, but it's instead of um, dwelling on small things, you know, saying, for example, um, like like safe things, which I think is ex- exactly who uh, who he is, and the chapter that comes before is the same. He doesn't ask, he doesn't keep you on the ground with this. He says, assume that God is going to do inexplicably, wildly, unfathomably more than you could have ever seen or imagined. Okay, so God is going to do more than you can imagine. Again, that's another Bible verse that's been rephrased. Rephrased, right? That God gives us more than we could possibly imagine. He blesses us beyond all imagination, and that He is working miracles, right? So some of the tips He has for reframing our mind around this is to decide whether we want to be right or we want to be Jesus. Do we want to justify our current lifestyles, our current lives, or do we want to be Christ? Do we want to become um, followers in the true sense of the word, right? We want to be people who want to be Christ, who, who um, you know, can bear his name, Christian, right? And one of his handy tips, I felt like a practical tip for doing this is taking a paper plate, dividing it um, into 24 hours and seeing how you're spending your time, how much of your time is spent in the right place and how much is spent in the wrong place. And one of the things he says is consider time on your phone as cheating on your family, which I think is so brilliant and is, I'm really hoping that helps me personally. And I don't know if you have the same issues, but um, spending time on our phone, it needs to be that number, that screen time number needs to drop drastically, right? And framing it that way is really helpful. So my takeaway from this was believe that God will do miracles, live like he is already doing incredible things because he is, right? God already is doing for us more than we can imagine. He already has plans um, in play that are uh, blessings in their own way, right? We're not talking about like prosperity gospel. We're not saying God is going to come and like rain a million dollars on you. We're saying God is going to do miracles, true 
miracles for your holiness and your growth and for others around you, right? And he's going to use you to his purpose in small and large ways. Chapter five is how many fingers am I holding up? Um, you know, I don't remember why the chapter has that name because my takeaway from this chapter was that we all disappoint God at some point, but his grace covers us. So I thought this was really interesting because in Arabic, we call it um, Sitr Rabbina or Rabbina Satar when we say God has covered us. It comes directly from this idea of tents. God has covered us, right? His grace covered us. He, when we make mistakes, God doesn't um, put us on blast. He actually covers for us and he helps us to grow from the mistake and to um, become even more of, of a person in his image, right? To really fulfill his image and likeness in our life. So the takeaway from this I saw was see yourself the way God sees you and be committed to that. Be committed to seeing how much he loves you how much he loves us, right? How much he cares for us and taking that as the fuel for everything that you do in your life. And that fuel is intended to be used for good, right? So that's chapters one through five, the distraction of destruction, sorry, the distraction of destruction, the destruction of distraction, the keyhole of eternity, breaking free by coming home, the happiness of pursuit and how many fingers am I holding up? So our lessons from this section were focus on your purpose. So you aren't done in by a thousand paper cuts. Pay attention to your inner life. Keep track of its growth and lessons. Stop hiding and live as yourself. Believe that God will do miracles. Live like he's already doing incredible things because he is. And finally, see yourself the way God sees you. Be committed to that. Okay, committed to seeing yourself as God sees you. Okay, I hope that's fun. I hope that you... Um, also have some great takeaways that you want to share with me. You can email me and my email will be in the show notes. So look for that and I will talk to you all next week.